Good morning. Let's begin. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> if you want to stand together, we'll we'll launch this. We'll launch out into the uh, deep. Um, I'm in Job five. Not exactly sure, but the Lord put me here just now, and um, the speaker is Eliphaz. Now, you remember Job had three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and so far, and they didn't speak rightly concerning Job. And so I want you to be mindful of that, that uh, they're looking at Job's condition, Eliphaz here, and he's thinking that he understands what Job is going through, but he doesn't really, like, get him. Uh, even though he might be theologically correct in a lot of things he's saying, he's misapplying his, um, he's making a misapplication of a theological principle concerning Job. Sometimes you can have right theology, you can have a right perspective or what you think to be a right perspective, but it's misapplied and it's outside of the time or the space that you uh, are in. And so there can enter in like a concept or an idea that can be very deceiving to uh, the mind and the heart. And so Eliphaz, even though he may have a right, he might have a right interpretation, he's got a wrong application. And it's very important for what's gonna happen in this room today because many times we have or others have wrongly interpreted uh, the reality of what God is doing in your life. And in my prayer today and the Lord's prayer with, with me this morning is, is that the spark of divine love will flash hot in this room today. And the revelation of the light of what God says concerning you uh, would be realized and be a reality in this place. And not even proper, maybe someone, or we've even done this to ourselves, had a, again, a theological presupposition or suppositions concerning ourselves, or we've listened to even right theology concerning others. But it is not necessarily uh, the declaration of what God is saying over your life. Now listen to what he says. Call now, is there anyone who will answer you? And to which of the holy ones will you turn? A wrath kills a foolish person. Anger slays a silly one. I myself have seen the fool taking root, but suddenly I cursed his place of residence. His children are far from safety, and they are crushed at the place where judgment is rendered. Nor is there anyone to deliver them. The hungry eat up the harvest and take it even from behind the thorns, and the thirsty swallow up their fortune. For evil does not come from the dust, nor does trouble spring up from the ground. But a people are born to trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. And then he tells Job, he says, but as for me, I would seek the Lord. And to God, I would set forth my case. Now he does great and unsearchable things and marvelous things without number. And he gives rain on the earth and sends water on the fields. He sets the lowly on high, that those who mourn are raised to safety. He frustrates the plans of the crafty so that their hands cannot accomplish what they have planned. 
He catches the wise in their own craftiness, and the counsel and the cunning is brought to a quick end. And they meet with darkness in the daytime and grope about in the new time as it were night. So he saves from the sword that comes from their mouth, and even the poor from the hand of the powerful. Thus the poor have hope, and iniquity shuts his mouth. Therefore, blessed is the man whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. He wounds, but he also bandages. He strikes, but his hand also heals. He will deliver you from six calamities, yes, seven, and no evil will touch you. In the time of famine, he'll redeem you from death. In the time of war, from the power of the sword. You will be protected from malicious gossip and will not be afraid of destruction when it comes. You will laugh at destruction and famine and not be afraid of the beast of the earth. You will have a pact with the stones of the field and wild animals will be at peace with you. And you will know that your home will be secure. And when you inspect your domains, you will not be missing anything. You will also know that your children will be numerous and your descendants like the grass of the earth. And you will come to your grave in a rightful age as stacks of grain are harvested in their season. Listen, we've investigated this, so it is true. Now hear it and apply it for your own good. And as good as the blood was of Abel, and as innocent as it was, Hear me, saints of the Lord. The blood of Jesus speaks a better thing. Do you hear me? And as good as theology may be and right doctrine and, and the way we may look at different things, I proclaim to you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that that is who you are. Out of the shadow and into the substance.
these light afflictions that we bear cannot compare to the promise you gave. like a morning dew settling on everyone who chases after you you are changing us to the image of your son leading us onward work is done even though these sorrows seem to last an endless night over the horizon the darkest clouds
Anybody with a, a pre-existing heart condition or are concerned about the status of your heart, um, would you uh, come forward so we can pray for you? There is a there is a serious heart issue in here, and it's not just like it's not it's not spiritual. It's a legitimate issue, and if you have any reason to believe that you're concerned about your heart or you had this thought or whatever, please step out and just come forcefully and pray for you. The word says it's a very serious matter. And I don't want to scare anybody, but he's telling me, you know, you, you need to move right now on this. It's a heart condition. If you have a heart issue and if uh, come forward and so we can pray for you. And then um, if you're led by the Lord, if someone comes forward to pray for them, I ask you to come lay hands to pray for the ones that are being brought forth, Annie Nolan, and then pray for them. Um, again, this is this is probably, a, you know, he's telling me, um, yeah, I, I don't want to scare anybody, but I just know this is a serious issue from the, and he won't say heal, so he's going to heal right now. We're going to trust him for complete deliverance. Lord, we just thank you right now for your healing touch. There's not going to be a cardiac arrest. It's not going to happen. I, I proclaim it from the Lord because in the name of Jesus, we just proclaim your healing right now. I pray all blockages, uh, blood clotting, we just ask you in the name of Jesus just to bring full healing now. I just thank you, Lord. Yes, move. Right there, Lord. Just move. Yes, Lord. Release your healing now. We say no to any kind of heart condition, anything, Lord, that, that would stop a life short, Lord, that what's your intended uh, joy to relate to this person or people. In the name of Jesus, receive the healing of the Lord. Oh, move, Lord. Yes, Lord. There you go. Move. Praise, saints. Move, Lord. Yes, Lord. I pray light, light, light. Light in your blood system, light right now. Light the way the blood system was made to operate out of light. Uncreated light flowing through your body now. Jesus, we proclaim you as healer. We proclaim you as the good one. We proclaim that your work on the cross has satisfied our need for healing. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Release healing in this house, Lord. I tell you from the Lord, I extend your life. Like I did for Hezekiah, I extend your life. Oh, may you receive the fullness of a life, of two lives, of three lives, of the life of Enoch, even in this house. That kind of life. Transfigured glory of life. Oh, release life in this house. 
I declare there will be no feeble among you. I declare it. I declare it from the Lord over your life. You're the head and not the tail, church. Release, release, release. Oh, you're the life. You're the life, Lord. You're the life, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. For the time being, no discipline brings joy. And it may seem grievous and painful. But afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. 
I declare a harvest of fruit that consists in righteousness and conformity to God's will and purpose in thought and action and results in the right living and the right standing with the Lord. So then, brace up and reinvigorate and set right your slacking and weaking and dropping hands and strengthen your feeble and pausing and tottering knees and cut through now oh lord god of the breakthrough oh yes lord we have the victory Yes, Lord. Oh, whoa. Oh,
Psalms 12, help, Lord, for the principled and godly people are no more. Faithfulness and the faithful have vanished from among the sons of men. To his neighbor, each one speaks word without using the worth or the truth. And with flattering lips and a double heart, they've been speaking. May the Lord... May you, Lord, cut all the flattering lips off our nation and the tongues that speak proud boasting. And those who have said with their tongues we prevail and our lips to our own command, who is the Lord and master over us. Now I will arise, says the Lord. I will arise because of the poor and because of the oppressed. And because of the groans of the needy, and I will set him in safety and salvation for which he pants. The words and promises of the Lord are pure words. There's no guile in his mouth. I magnify you one. You, the Holy One of Israel, we magnify you in this house. We give you glory. I praise you, Lord, the one faithful and true. I praise you, Lord. Um, I magnify you, Lord. Worthy to be praised are you, Lord. Cause us to know you, Lord. Cause us to behold your face, Lord. Welcome to the courts of our God. Welcome to the courtroom is in session. Welcome to the divine council meeting. I plead the blood. I enter in the plea of the blood. We enter in the plea, Lord. We proclaim that you're the spotless lamb that takes away the sins of the world. I agree with your testimony. The one faithful and true. honor and glory we give you honor and glory mm -hmm. house give him honor and glory mm -hmm. 
Worthy and holy. and the promises of the Lord are pure words like silver refined in the earth and furnace purified seven times over you will keep this and preserve us O Lord you will guard us and keep us from the evil generation forever yours, Lord. Mm. Say it to him, I'm yours, Lord. Oh, yes, I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours, Lord. Oh, you take delight in me, Lord. Mm. You delight in me, Delight in me, Lord. Ooh. I receive your delight, Lord. As far as from the east, as from the west, I know you, says the Lord, and to delight in you with an everlasting love.
Daniel 7, 9, I kept looking until thrones were placed for the assessors with the judge. And the Ancient of Days, God, the Eternal Father, took his seat, whose garment is like white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne is like the fiery flame, its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire. came forth from before him and thousands on thousands ministered to him and ten thousands time ten thousand rose up and stood before him the judge was seated the courts in session and the books were open I looked then because of the sound of the great words which the horn was speaking and I watched until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beast, their power of dominion was taken away and their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night visions and behold, out of the clouds came the one. like a son of man and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him and there was given to him dominion and glory and the kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him his dominion is everlasting and it will never pass away and his kingdom is one which will never be destroyed
As for me, Daniel, my spirit was grieved and anxious within me. The visions of my head alarmed and even agitated me. I came near to the one who stood there and asked him the truth of all this. And so he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. These four great beasts are four kings rising up out of the earth. But the saints, the saints of the Most High God shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and forever and forever and forever. It's our destiny. It's our destiny. It's who we are. It's our destiny. Saints of the Most High, it's your destiny. This is encourage you. He said, encourage them with these words. Daniel 7, 21, and I looked, the horn had made war with the saints and was prevailing over them until the ancient of days came. And judgment was given to the saints of the most high God. And the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom listen when you go down into verse 25 listen hear these words because I, I believe it. I've got a clear word from the Lord this morning this is it he'll speak words against the most high and he'll seek to wear out the saints of the most high he wants to change your perception he wants to try to twist the truth around you and maneuver even times and seasons, even the, with the clarity that the Father has given you to give you a different storyline than the one that he has proclaimed over your life time and time again, one that comes outside of space-time, outside of the dimensional space. He wants to twist it and put it in, locate it into a time to twist the truth and malign the truth and get us to hear a different message than the one 
that's being proclaimed out out into the heavens right now and seeks to wear us down and twist the reality of heaven and put it into a local time and space. Listen to the word of the Lord. And even as he has attempted to do this, long as he has attempted to get you to be grieved to wear you out oh don't you go back to the Lord I, I know if I, I, I could tell you I love him and I'm covenantally loyal to him and I'll tell you that enemy is always working working against me I'll tell you that he is He's trying to tell me, if you go up one more time, he's not going to be there. If you try again, if you say yes to him again, if you maintain your covenantal loyalty to him, he's going to let you down. He seeks to wear you out. It draws up the offense that the father doesn't care and the father's not going to take care of you. See, look, look, look what you're going through. See what, see He's seeking to wear you down, to get you to retreat, to draw back, to go into isolation or arrogance. Because it's not the easiest thing in the world to be completely vulnerable and completely dependent. He'll wear you down. He seeks to wear down the saints of the Most High. The judgment's already said. It's, listen, it's already done. You tell, you, every time he comes, you lie, you to break your covenantal loyalty to the Lord. You tell that, you tell him. You tell your soul, you worship him. You worship him in spirit and in truth. The judgment's already said. And he's already decided. It's decided over you. It's already decided. It's decided. Yeah, but what about what they said about me? What about what I did? What about what I say about me? What about what I did? It's already been decided. And I'll tell you, one of the strongest realities that I experience is the believing of that. The believing of that, that you've already taken care of this and it's complete. And I find my soul, even during the week, ascending up into him. Oh, I'm going to be driving the car, sitting at a coffee shop with the babies, with my wife. You've already decided. Your judgments are faithful and true. I'm not going to take a different story anymore. I'm a cloud rider. <laughs> I'm a water walker. I know who I was made for. I was created for you and by you and for you and back to you. Be the glory.
That's our reality, saints. Born from above. Born from above. shadow I'm substance says the Lord And see the one seeing through your eyes. Open your eyes and see the one seeing through your eyes. in me and I am in the one hey John 17 father make them one as we are one hey it's right there in the text the ones looking out of me this is it this is I'm telling you this is what's been happening I'm looking out your eyes in me the hope there's where the glory is all the promises of God are yes and all the promises are amen oh flash flash fire flash flame of fire cord of fire flash Flash out. Let the spark fly. Sparks of fire. Sparking out. All I see is a like a three chord strand. It like flies out of your chest and it's filled with light. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. And they will be like the stars 
you are like the stars. Flashing fire, flashing, flashing. Psalms chapter 18, verse 28. Indeed, you are my lamp, Lord. My God illuminates the darkness around me. I found this this morning. Whoever guards the covenant, the circumcision, uh, family purity, and matters that related to our life. Whoever indeed guards the Torah, guards the covenant, and is called Adam or Adam, the, the man who is fit to sit in the house and see the head of the house, that is the king Hashem. Loyalty is royalty. Um, yesterday, I had tried to order this this work, this book, a few um, weeks ago, and then it got tied up in Amazon and it didn't get sent. And so I had to reorder it, and it got you know my money back, and then reorder it. And it came in yesterday, and I thought it was so fitting. It's another Meredith Klein book, but it's called The Treaty of the Great King. And what he's what he's done with this is he's taken the Deuteronomy and he's laid out Deuteronomy uh, in an understanding of covenantal relationship with the Lord and how the Lord has set up a covenant with us. And the Lord has been really, really speaking to me about covenant. Uh, a covenant that he keeps and a covenant that's, that he's died for and that he that he keeps for us. And, and it's been really important to the Lord about 
our integrity and our covenantal loyalty to him. And I'm, I'm going to do the best I can with this because Kara and I was talking about it this morning and I was telling her, I was like, I know that this is the covenant that Jesus has paid for and that is done because of what he has done. But once I began to understand the covenant myself and I started to see how powerful it was, I think that in a way, once it became a reality to me, God's covenant, I thought by faith that I could sort of uh, deviate around the covenant and like land somewhere else that I wanted to be because of the covenant had purchased and paid for it. So that way I could just sort of jump around and get somewhere else that I wanted to be instead of going through it. And I don't know if you're like me because some of you may not be. <laughs> and, you know, we, I remember I was sitting on the back of the Mannings or the front of the Mannings concrete porch a couple years ago. And I was sitting down the Lord that morning. He wakes me up and tells me, let's go outside. I want to have a talk with you. And I say, okay, Lord. And I go out there to speak with him. I say, he says, you know that you're attempting to use your faith to bypass love. <laughs> he said, because you actually do believe me, and you actually do believe that I'm a rewarder of those that diligently seek me, you actually believe that. And because you do, you would exercise faith to sort of bypass something I would call you into relationally with other people and try to skip ahead to put yourself back into an isolated position. And I've called you to love, and I've called you to relationship with others. Because I sort of have a mindset that if you could get, I can't believe I'm confessing my sin, but here I am. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm, it's a confession. You know, that you could believe the Lord. You, actually, you could finally believe that he is. That, that was a long journey. You know what I mean? And that if you believe that he is, and then a lot of people struggle with that just to start out with. They don't believe that the Lord's like involved in everything that's going on in your life. He sees you. The fear of the Lord's on you. And I mean, that's a struggle for most believers. I spend enough time with him now. I'm like, he is watching everything, sees everything's involved in everything, right? I mean, everything. Even beyond our own perception, I would say, and this is not even right, but from a trillion different perspectives, I mean, or Google, a Google perspective, I don't know what number to use, there's no number, but every single angle that the eyes of the Lord can look at every single perception and every single space-time event, he sees it all, at the same time can run a whole dialogue with it, look at it, examine it, and knows it, and knows all the prophetic shadow-dimensional characteristics all at the same time sees them all and is yet apart from it because he's uncreated <laughs> I mean he's like I'm looking through that light I'm looking through this foreboard I'm looking up through the ground I'm looking down from heaven I'm looking through your eyes I'm looking through the through the songs on the sheet <laughs> and I'm connecting all the dots simultaneously non-stop and, and so you know it didn't take a whole lot to convince me like that once I started seeing, boom, there he is, boom, there he is. Is that you? Yep, there you are again. How did you do that? How did you do that? And so you begin to believe that he is because then he starts communicating with you, right? And I'm not doing a sermon today on how to hear the voice of God. 
I don't believe that's my task today because I believe you already do. Because, you know, sheep hear, but kings and queens see. I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about when you begin to see and behold the one, and you see him in your life. And I'll just give you a for instance. We're driving in this morning. He's talking to me about the Decalogue of the two covenantal, the Ten Commandments. And the double treaty. And I pass a car, and on the tag it says, law, law. And I was like, this is, I mean, I just like, there you are again. How did you do that? You just keep on doing things like that. And so we get into a time with the Lord when we begin to believe that he is. You've passed through that path, haven't you? You believe he is. You're not agnostic or atheist in this room. You certainly would not probably be in here if you were. You're not even a soft atheist. You're not the one that's patting the pew every week or the bench or the chair or the floor <laughs> and thinking some pre-trib thing's going to rescue me out of this deal. Okay, I don't think that many people that are really going with the Lord think that way that I'm, well, I'm looking for some kind of um, intervening rescue plan while I kind of sit on my laurels and do nothing to engage with him. I don't think that's you. And if it is... Behind your head, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, for tricking the church into something, some kind of weirdness like that. Let me tell you, to get us into some kind of easy believism and sit on our laurels and miss the work of God in your soul that he wanted to do. Yeah, like the Lord rebuke you, Satan, for that nonsense. And so you believe he is, but then... Many believers have struggled with the next part, and we're experiencing his delight today. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so, whoo, wow. I mean, I felt his reward. I mean, I know that's just, that's just a touch stone. No, a capstone. <laughs> of the faithfulness of the Lord who hits you in the middle of your soul and rewards you with his own nature and his presence. And then, yeah, he rewards you with his goodness, your external things, and takes care of you and all that. He's so good, right? Well, I, I become transfixed on him just like you have. And you have Cindy Cook. And you have Jennifer Kennedy. You know... I become transfixed on this God. And then I was like, I can get there faster. <laughs> so I'm going to bypass everything around me. I don't even have to, maybe I won't even have to deal with people. <laughs> oh, well, you forgot the other side of the law. <laughs> Love your neighbor as yourself, you know. This is my confession. I was probably trying to get in my four wall somewhere and hunker down until ride it out to the end enthralled in the love of the Father, <laughs> you know. Now, you might not deal with that, you know. That might not be your issue, but that was my issue. Maybe to isolate through arrogance. Arrogance that I could do it and isolate because, whew, dealing with people <laughs> can be a minefield, <laughs> Until it's not. 
I remember, and I've said this before years ago, we were at the fire department, and I said, Lord, I have, I have no more love for your people. I am wrung out on people. They have hurt me so bad I can't take anymore. He said, finally. <laughs> and I said, what, are you, what do you mean, finally? I've been trying to get you to this point the whole time. Finally, you would admit that your love's run out and let me love through you. And he said to me, welcome to the gospel. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know what the gospel was. <laughs> I never even knew the gospel. What kind of preacher are you? You have no gospel in you because you were trying to do everything for everybody else. Work out all your internal issues and get all that stuff done. And then you wear yourself completely out on that. And hey, I'll tell you, if you do want a shortcut, I'll tell you, that's not the fastest way. But for some of us that are very hard-headed, or ignorant, <laughs> we're going to put all in for the Lord until we're completely exhausted with it. And then the Lord says, finally, it's time for me to take over. If you don't get offended and back out at that point, now you can start walking on water. I mean, get out of the boat, saints. <laughs> it's the command of the Lord. Because the offense comes up, Why? Because they will tell you that you don't do enough and you'll tell yourself that you don't do enough or that you should do more or you should improve upon your condition. And they'll tell you that and if you let them, they'll tell you and then if you let yourself, you'll tell yourself the same thing. And I'll tell you, it's an anti, it's not even the gospel. It's me doing my thing for the Lord or his thing for him. And you know, that's not the covenant that he paid for. The covenant that Jesus paid for was this, namely, very simply, I want to live my life through you. <laughs> What's that going to look like? <laughs> I used to get so afraid. My mom, when she got filled with the Holy Spirit back when she was 33, you know, and, uh, oh, no, they're going to walk right up the side of the walls on the ceiling and come back down the other side. <laughs> and I was 13 years old. I was reading. I said, is this Holy Spirit real? And I remember uh, I had my Bible open, and the, a wind comes through the window, blows the page over to Acts 2. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And I said, I'll have no Holy Spirit because I didn't want some other creature controlling me. At least it was honest. Honestly wrong. You know, and so when, you're, when you've been through Passover, and which you have, you've been to the cross, he saved you. Oh, thank God, right? And then he filled you with his Holy Spirit. You've been to Pentecost. I had someone leave me years ago, 11 years ago, because I said, I think there's something beyond Pentecost. And he said, no way, man. This thing is happening. And I said, no, it's amazing. But you just got your head up out of the dirt. Because we had kind of set the bar there and set our churches there and set it on some kind of Pentecostal experience. And howbeit, all the gifts and everything, they're marvelous, they're wonderful. I agree with them. The Word agrees with them. 
But then, you know, he says, you know, to us, I want to take you down a path of complete union with me. That's my, that's my own message that he gave me. Not just to preach about it, but to be it. You know, so to speak, like get on the operating table yourself and let Holy Spirit have his way to fully integrate his own life into you and you become completely one with him in every capacity, DNA, everything taken over by the Lord. When he was, when he was going through the covenant, that's what he was thinking. I want union with my people. I want to do something different, though, than Jesus, who's king of the universe, that's sitting on his throne right now. I didn't go, he didn't go to the cross to, just for a Passover celebration of Pentecost to send the Holy Spirit. He went there so that you and I could have his full divine nature installed in us. And I want to say what I started out with, that I saw it, and I just wanted to jump right into it, him or him jump into me. And he said, you're not going to get there unless you engage with me in covenant with your community. And so we can't retreat back into we can, but if you're going to go forward in the Lord and you're going to develop and grow, you're going to grow in the context of love and that being loving others. It's not enough for you just to believe that he is and he's a rewarder. Your talk must match your walk. And that's down in the rub of everyday life of family and relationships. I remember we were watching Batman, Lego Batman. <laughs> I don't know if y'all have seen that, but it's so funny. And he says, I don't do ships. <laughs> relationships. He's sitting there in this theater watching movies by himself, eating popcorn and a, and a whatever, lobster. It's just kind of funny because <laughs> I don't do ships, <laughs> relationships. Anyways, that's kind of how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a point, there really is a point where There's a point of, of transition, there's a point of transaction, and there's a point at which, you know, we step out with him. So let's go to the text and look at today, Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. Next, I saw Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan was standing at his right hand to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, May the Lord rebuke you, Satan. May the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Excuse me. Isn't this man like a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes and he stood there before the angel. And the angel spoke up to those standing all around Remove his filthy clothes. And then he said this to Joshua. I have freely. I have freely forgiven. 
if you hear anything I say today, and I'm going to say a lot of stuff, but if you hear anything, hear that word freely. Just hear it. Right now, let it resonate into your personhood. Everybody tells you you can't have anything for what? Nothing comes. Everything comes. In this case, no, it doesn't. In this case, it's free. Can't be, can't be, certainly there must be something I must do. No. No. It'll mess you up. It's going to mess you up. It's messing me up. Get a revelation today. Be inspired. Feel his spirit. Experience the life of God in your soul. Free. 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 You're not going to earn him. You're not going to dis-earn him. It's nothing more that you need to do. It's done. This is reality. This is the contest of our enemy. He's contesting this message all the time inside the saints. This is the, this is the thing that is bugging everybody. It's a free gift. The Lord rebuke you, Satan, for holding God's people in some kind of liability that we are not under. It's either true that God is true and let every man be a liar, but this is what he says. This is what the text says. This isn't like... This isn't Carol. This is Carol saying what the text says. The text says this, and the word of God has power and life in it, and he's declaring, I've freely forgiven you. Freely, freely, it's free. Free. <laughs> free. It's not going to cost you anymore. It doesn't cost you. You don't have to pay. I've freely forgiven your iniquity. Wait a minute. Now, I know you do that with my sins. You know the difference between iniquity and sins? I'll tell you. Iniquity is the root in the ground, and sin would be the leaves and the weeds coming up out of the ground. Iniquity is the base nature of that no one can deal with besides God. We were all born with it. It was integrated into our very nature because we were all born in sin, but iniquity is a problem. 
you can have this by revelation or situation. Your sanctification can come by situation or revelation. You decide. I'm going to tell you that I believe in the love of God, receiving the delight of the Lord, that I can receive this message and be transformed faster out of his love in relationship and context to others, easier, quicker. If I receive this report from heaven that is speaking over my life, I can have this now. I can experience God's life coming into me. As many of us have been through extended years of situation. Uh, I'll give you another way. Son, you can have it by affliction or affection. You decide. No, it can't be that easy. No, it is because it's free. <laughs> you want more affliction, take another message. Take this message. You want affliction? Every time I do this, I get affliction. Here it is. I should have done more. I wish I would have. I could have. I'll just pull it up by the bootstraps. That is not in the scripture. It's not in the word of God. Don't you dare think like that. The other side of it is they should have. They should have took care of me. I wish that they wouldn't. Or they're ready to tell you how you don't live up to what? You feel the guilt or you feel the shame. The shame is what? I, I should do it. The guilt is... You should do it from them. And it's a wrestle, man. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you just say, he did it for me for free. <laughs> this war has been in the house of the Lord and it's time for it to end. He told me last week, I was riding down the road. It was morning, we're taking the kids to school. He said, you're moving into guardian of God's court. My court, it's the court of the Lord. He said, you're going to move into my court. That's the fourth vision in Zechariah, the one that starts today. And I said, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? He said, I gave you command authority, exonerate my people. You want to cut to the chase? Let's cut to the chase. You tired of playing games? Let's, let's stop playing games. You want to get down to the text? Let's get down to the text. Freely you receive, freely give. This is going to be offensive to some of you, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it. You can do inner healing as long as you want to. But you can have him right now. <laughs> it can be done now. You can go through long, extended, and I'll tell you something, and I'll, I'll tell you this, and I, because I've done this, I've been a part of this, and I understand it. I'll tell you, a lot of that kind of ministry is used so that you can get mercy. <laughs> you think, I mean, it is for the other people. Don't get me wrong. The Lord told me, he said, you'll have to go and pastor my people before I actually get you into what you're supposed to do. I said, why? Because he said, because you need mercy so bad. And you're not going to accept this report until... I basically put you in a context where you're mistreated so many times you'll finally throw your hands up in the air and finally say, I can't do it because you have an arrogance in you. You think it's on you. Hey, I'm confessing my own sin. If it hits the bush, I'm sorry. 
No, I'm not sorry. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord rebuke you with this kind of mindset that you've put inside of your people that is up to me. I'll tell you guys, you can't worship the Lord like that. You can worship yourself or you can worship some kind of idea. But I'll, I'll tell you what's happening with us in worship is not because some man or some woman or uh, uh, Stephen, I've been learning it, not because it's just because of the sound or if you strum your guitar the right way or I say the right words. No, it's not. It's because of him. And he'll have us know it. We've got to know this because I'm telling you, and I'll tell you why we need to know it. I don't mean intellectual knowing. I mean intimacy. Man, I can just tell you as uh, one of his sons, his life, his life. And every time I come out of the charge of it's what I could do or didn't do enough of or what they say I should do or shouldn't have done enough of, I enter, well, it's starting to change now. He enters in. He's running the frame. He's running the show. He's running your human show. It's not you anymore living your life. I think that it must be the greatest deception that's in the, uh, even in the end time church. And I mean to offend. <laughs> because I would offend on purpose to show the thing that it is not so that I could show who he is. Because I love you. And I know this love. And this love has messed me up. This love. And I would have everybody to have this love. And I know that you do. But I would have you to know this love perpetually in your beds. And when you wake up in the morning. And when you go to work. And whatever you do. And your whole entire day would be filled with the love of a man who is living his life through you. I would have you to I would have him to tabernacle with every soul that would allow him to. And he would have it more. He would have more. And he would say, I'll, let me have you. And then you say, I can't do anything. Exactly. I have nothing to offer you. Exactly. I freely give myself to you. What kind of king does that? Ours. feels so good to feel good. It hurts so bad. <laughs> it's like a grief. Uh, one guy said years ago, it's like a death love when Christ enters in. It's like a love. Kara and I was going through it this morning talking about this event today. She started crying and I'm like holding back the tears because I'm just declaring to her, I said, you know, Man, we can get off track and like, and it's like, get back. What are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Circumstance tries to boom, 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 boom. And the word's like, you trust me? You trust me? And whew, there you are. That sweet one. I want you to stay there all the time. Don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In. Okay, take over. Okay. Oh, oh. Back into me. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. I don't want a bifurcated personality. I want union. And so do you. Freely give, I freely forgive all your iniquities. And I'll dress you in fine clothing. 
we've had to do this so many times, uh, I believe, but I, it's still like stepping out in faith, and it's a struggle sometimes. Or it gives you a promise, and then he's going to give you an oath. Uh, this is how you move in this. I'll just tell you, a lot, a lot of us, we struggle with this because he convenes this covenant by a promise and an oath so that there are two aspects so he cannot lie to you. It says that in Hebrews chapter 6 at the very end there, by a promise and an oath. Because if, if, you're going to, if you're going to live like this, free. <laughs> if you're going to live free, then you need to understand how to do it. So, because uh, there is a way to walk in the kingdom. And uh, he's taught me for years. Every time it doesn't necessarily, uh, it isn't necessarily easy, but I have so many examples now that it works. Again, you're going to have the left-based thing and the right-based thing they are always going to present. That's double-mindedness, let me just tell you. I should do it. I'm not doing enough. That's the right side. That's the arrogance of the right. The other side is they should do it, or they're looking at you saying you should do it, that the they. So it's, it always is me, right base, them. And this presents in every uh, thing that goes on. It'll present in some way us versus them, me versus them. So you have... One that's based in community, the other one's based in your individual self. This one over here is, will bring you into shame as future-oriented. This one over here is based in guilt and is past-oriented. Okay? So then there's always another option. That's called the royal option or the purple option. All right? So you have red based in me, blue based in them, what they think, what I think I should do, or what I shouldn't do, what they think I should do or shouldn't do. You got it? Yeah. And then there's another walk. God the Father gives you a promise. And we know in Scripture that all the promises of God are what? Unto the glory operating through you. So the yes, I get a promise. The amen is called the oath. And this is where, and I was teaching this on Wednesday nights over at the Scroggs house. I started this a couple weeks ago. We're calling it luminance. But how do I walk as a kingdom son or daughter in the promise and the oath? And the way he taught me this years ago is promise, oath, pull. So pull, P-U-L-L. How do I bring heaven to earth? This is how, because if I'm, not, if I'm going to be free, I'm going to step out in freedom. And I'm going to step out with the free option. I love it because it won't cost you anything. He already paid for it. I'll give you an example. It was right when Karen and I started this journey. I mean, 20 years ago almost. And she needed a dress, I think, to go to a wedding or something. And we had, if I remember right, we had no money. You know. And so the Lord's like, send her in the dress store. Let her pick one out. I'm like, you know, you're going to go up to the counter and grab you a, it's free. You know, you can, I'm like, oh, oh. send her in there. Cause you know, she's kind of like going to get hurt if I can't buy her a dress and I have no money to buy one. And uh, she walks in there. I told her, I said, walk in there and pick you one out. This is what I mean. You're, it's free, but your, your walk has to match your talk. That's where the rub is, isn't it? 
It's never like, I don't believe the promises. It's stepping out into the oath that all of us have a trouble in. Go in there and pick you one out. I'm going in there. I'm fed up with not having anything. <laughs> I need me a dress. Okay, so she walks in there. And I, I don't forget, remember exactly how you could ask her. But she goes in there and somehow, I don't remember, if someone like buys it for her. It's like $80 or whatever. It's not $3,000, but it was like $80 dress. I had met some people uh, when I was in college down at Texas Christian University and some of the girls in the sorority were buying dress, their daddy were buying them dresses for three to $5,000 for each sorority. Uh, I was like, wow, <laughs> did we grow up in the same America? <laughs> I was like, what kind of, you know, they were just loaded down there apparently. And uh, I was getting a culture shock. I was like, I'm moving to Texas. No, <laughs> no wonder y'all are nationalistic. Anyways, and so she goes in there, and somehow the transaction is made. She comes out with her dress. She's smiling, and it was done. I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories like that. Why? It's free. I think the words will be wiping tears from our eyes when we see them because we're like, oh, man, if I would have just stepped out. I know you're feeling it right now because every time... And the Lord's like, what I want to do is I want to get so like ingrained into your nature that you just live like this all the time. You're never paying attention to whatever, whatever. You know, and if you read Reese Howes and you read some of these people, that's not that's Christian 101, guys. That's not like the person that's like, that person is amazing. That's your life. God gives you a promise, you can move on it. And he will demonstrate himself in the natural. And he'll take care of all your needs according to his riches and glory, which I would say that's probably pretty good. <laughs> his. Maybe not mine. Whom the sun sets free is what? You are. It's already done. Hey, right now, it's done for you. He's already paid it for it. And the Lord invites you into something. Step out on it. Be bold. Don't get right up to the edge and hedge. God isn't trying to make you into a hedge fund manager. <laughs> I mean, those guys do pretty well, but maybe not in a right way. They're ripping off everybody's accounts that they'd saved up for whatever. I don't, you know, I've done it, you know, whatever. If you're a hedge fund manager, Lord bless you. But he might not. <laughs> Don't hedge. Don't try to manage God's promise. You can't. You're not going to be able to figure it out. You're going to get a word from the Lord, and you're going to step out on it. And you're going to get a victory every time. I can't tell you how many days and how terrified I was. The Lord tell me... Um, we, I mean, we literally have no gas in our tank, amber lights on. Get in your vehicle, drive. There's no way. There's nothing. We're not going to make it. Every day he would meet us. Every time. I, I remember uh, the Lord tells us, we're going to go on vacation. Kara picks this place out over in um, Kitty Hawk. I didn't have it. I think I have $50 in my name. And then we used that, stayed in a place, and we get out on this long stretch of highway. I'm, amber light pops up. 
One gas station. That's it for another whatever miles. Right when I'm coming up to the gas station, ding. Somebody says me 50 bucks. <laughs> right when I'm going up to the gas station, I fill it up, and we just kept all going. And I can't tell you how many times that's happened in our family. And I know it's not because uh, I'm up here. I know that. This is not like, oh, wait, you're some kind of privileged class of person. No, I'm not. God doesn't, God doesn't do that. He's not like, uh, uh, does like, uh, what do you call that, respect of persons. He doesn't respect me more than he respects you, Stephen. He likes you. He delights in you a lot, actually. And so here, I've got some passages for you to, about this. Uh, the kids were having Sonder at where we're uh, living right now, having their evening meeting, and the children, well, they're teenagers now, but they're like worshiping the Lord, and man, I entered in. I'm in this worship last Sunday night, and I'm like, oh, double dose, man. Sunday morning, Sunday night, this is amazing. Let's do this every day. You know, and uh, I enter into worship, and the Lord gives me this, and I, and I believe this will be such a great blessing to all of us today. Job 39, verse 26 through 30, hear the word of the Lord. It is by your understanding that the hawk soars and spreads its wings towards the south. It is at your command that the eagle soars and builds its nest on high. It lives on a rock and spends the night there on a rocky crag in a fortress. From there, it spots its prey. Its eyes gaze intently from a distance, and its young ones devour the blood. And where the dead carcasses are, there it is. So in my mind, when I'm getting this, the Lord, you remember David saying, he said, take me to a, take me to a, come on, What? Take me to a rock that's higher than I. So you climb up into the heavens, like what we did this morning. Worship the Lord. Worship you, Lord. I know I'm going to get to a rock that is higher than I. The eagle soars up to the rock. It finds its place in, uh, it says, on this rocky crag and finds a fortress there. And from there, it spots its prey. And so now because he's up on a rock, now he can distinguish his enemy. Now you got to hear this because this is what happens when you're not on top of that rock or on that rock. Your enemy can't be spotted and he's right next to you telling you it's on you. Or they're telling you it's on you. Or you're thinking it's on them. Why? Because the shadow dimension... The perception of the shadow is deceiving your mind. How many times have you been in worship, and I've been in worship, and you get a clear head? Do you know what I'm saying? If you don't, let me tell you, you've not moved into worship yet. We used to knock each other unconscious when I was a kid on purpose. Do not do that. But we did. And when you wake up, you forget everything. To me, worship and prayer is like that. If you go into worship and prayer, the same way you went in, you don't come out different. You haven't worshiped or prayed yet. It's not a bunch of repetition words and all that. It's an entering into a whole new mindset. Because why? You've went to a rock that is higher than yourself. 
You get pitched up on that rock. You know, you feel that way too? I do. Time to run the whole show now. <laughs> Feeling good. So you're running the show in me, and this is happening. This is happening. Why? Because you're on a rock that's higher than you. And from the rocky crag, now the eagle soared up. Now you can see your enemy from afar. I see you, little sucker. I see how you're trying to bait me into guilt and how you're trying to bait me into shame. I see it with clarity. And now you can distinguish it because this wisdom comes from above. It's pure and peaceable. It's a wisdom that can only come off that rock. You must be in Christ to perceive the shadow dimensional realm properly because in the shadow in the perception, this is the way it's teaching me this right now, there's been so much per, uh, deception in perception. Many of us are not living a reality of deception. It's the perceptions that are convoluting our minds, trying to tell us a different story or a different reality than the one that heaven is saying. So we've got to go up to a rock that's higher than I. How? Worship him. Get into prayer. Wait on him until your soul processes through. And now, elevated now, I can see my enemy from afar off. Now watch this, because he, man, he started to school me this last week, and as I said, oh, this is amazing. So then he said, go to Matthew 24, 27 through 28. Watch this in the text. The Holy Spirit teaching me to teach this. For just like the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so the coming of the Son of Man will be, watch this, where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Tie it together for me. Okay, I will. Because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're tying Job 39 with Matthew 24. And he said, watch this. I'm going to teach you something. You come up into the rock that's higher than you. And when you do, it says you, you see the, uh, your prey, you gaze on your prey intently from a distance, and its young ones devour the blood where the dead carcasses are. He said, now connect that to Matthew 24. I said, okay. Oh, there's vultures gathering there to a corpse or a carcass. I said, that's interesting. He said, there the Son of Man is. Son of man imagery, you know, Jesus used that imagery when he spoke of himself. I believe this son of man imagery, if I understand him correctly, is this tabernacling that he wants to have with us. There the son of man is where you see the vultures gathering to devour your prey from afar. There he is. Think about it. I asked the Holy Spirit to give you revelation about what I'm talking about because he said, I'm tabernacling in you when you can see your enemy from afar and the vultures devouring the corpse of your enemy. I didn't want your enemy right up next to you, the shadow dimension, the deception based in perception. I wanted you to come up to a rock that is higher than you See your enemy from afar, that lying enemy that's telling you a story about yourself that's not the one that I'm saying from the right side or the left. Come up into it. There the Son of Man is in you. I said, man, that's amazing. 
that's amazing. He said, look at it in Daniel 7. I said, okay. Daniel 7. I was watching in the night visions. What vision? The night. And with the clouds of the sky, one like the Son of Man was approaching. He went up to the Ancient of Days and was escorted before him. To him was giving ruling authority. Now, we know that Jesus, he's the archetype of the Father. We're prototypes. We're prototypes of the, of the archetype, which is the Son. We have the Son in us. Not Jesus the Son, but his Christology, the Son of Man. He's like, my son of man nature is in you when you can see from afar when you're standing in me. You want to deal with this enemy and walk in victory and glory. Come to a rock that's higher than you. And be able to separate the convoluted mess that's coming down into your soul, the shadow dimension telling you a different story than the one that heaven is saying about you. And there he is. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Listen, he seeks to wear you out on that, our enemy. He's trying to wear you out believing that because he knows that ruling authority is given to the saints when the Son of Man is living his life in you. And he knows, our enemy knows that if he could keep you beat down thinking about what you should do or what you haven't done, and he could keep you in that convoluted mess or get you to turn on someone else and think that way about them yourself. He's going to take the victory off the end time remnant. But it's not going to work because he's raising up preachers like me that's not going to put up with it. Why? Because he's in me. <laughs> he's got an, he gets enough of you and messes with you enough that you could tell a message. Why? And here's the thing. The vultures gather... The corpses are there, and look at what happens in Job. You want to see something happen for your babies, your children, and your grandchildren? This is how. You want to see your uh, babies, your, your, your families restored? This is the path. Why? Because it says in Job, it says in Job, the young ones devour the blood where the dead carcasses are. There it is. I was sitting in there in that room with all those kids, you know, and they're worshiping Jesus. He said, do you see how generational transfer works? I was like, yeah, when us parents are like, I'm going to a rock that's higher than I. And you know, because you know as a parent, if you're a parent or grandparent, how the enemy will try to load you with guilt based in, oh, I didn't say that right or do that right or shame base you because how are we going to take care of this expense or whatever. And the Lord tell you, parents, grandparents, children, come up to a rock that's higher than, than, than you. And you'll see your enemy from afar and you'll call it, and your babies, your babies, your children and your children's children. Whew. Let's stand together. Well, nah. They'll see their enemies. They'll see the enemy. And they'll shut this thing down for every generation. Listen to me. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. The Lord didn't make our relationship with him hard. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. 
Listen to Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know and recognize and understand, therefore, that the Lord your God, he is God, and he's faithful. He keeps covenant and hasid, steadfast love, and mercy with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Take me to a rock and let me stay there. Let the rock, the capstone, take over my soul and let me never come away from it. He told me, he said, it's not a touchstone anymore, son. This move of God, that this move that he's doing in the earth, it's not going to be touching the stone. It's the capstone installed in you. It's not that, okay, I, I went up to the rock again and again and again. Now the rock's in me. <laughs> you see what I mean? The rock's in me. And there the Son of Man is. The, and then you know what? He told me this today. He said, what's going to happen in our events with the guardian of God court? Watch it in the news. Just like you watch Builder of God's City in the news. First word out of this house, proliferation. He said, you'll watch it. You're going to watch it in the news. I'm going to begin to add the constituency of my house. You'll see them come to me. I'm going to deal with the promissory note. I'm going to pay. I've already paid this price, but I'm going to bring a revelation to my people that the price is paid. And I'm going to raise up a people that look like me and have my heart as father progenitor last week. Because I got a capstone in you. It's not by our efforts or it's not him that wills and him that runs. But unto the Lord be the glory. And if you're struggling with your faith, I understand. I've had for a long time. Maybe sometimes I still do. But, but I'll tell you, don't back off. Don't back off trusting him. Come up until a rock this higher than you and behold the one and worship him. And then let the clarity of the Lord come to your eyes. I see how that shadow dimension was trying to bait me into some kind of thing that like I could do it or like they think I should do it. And I enter in and the Lord says, take this. Take, take that burden off your shoulder. I've given you this freely. It's done. And step out and trust him. Josiah did it. Hezekiah did it. Jehoshaphat did it. David did it. Deborah did it. Ruth did it. They found one that was higher than themselves. And you did it. <laughs> See, you believe. Right now. Right now you do. I know you do. 
all in this room, I can tell. You know what I'm saying. In Josiah's day, this is what they did. They, he brought out the book of the law and he read it to all the people and they made a pact with the treaty that God had made. I make a pact with you today, Lord, to trust you in my whole self. I make a pact with you never to break covenant with you. I make a pact that when I don't understand things, and most of the time I do not understand anything. If I'm struggling and I'm not up on that rock, that rock that I can walk on, that rock that I, that I'm, I, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to say, Lord, take me up to the rock that's higher than me. And I can't make sense of this, but I know you got it. And I'm going to get up there and I'm going to stay there. I'm going to stay in you and you and me until you can't separate the two anymore. We look just alike. And that's where the flame of fire is, and that's where the Son of Man is. That's where he's at. It's not a silver bullet. It's worship the one. Worship him. Just worship the Lord.
Christ in me. Christ in me. Christ in you. Now, the, where the Son of Man is, the Son of Man in you. Tabernacling in you. Freely. Done. Complete. Finished. wasn't sacrifice that he desired it wasn't burnt offering and sin offering that he takes delight in but as attributed of Jesus it said here I am I've come to do the will of the one who sent me the one who has written about me in his scroll and those are the books that are opened right now I've come to do the will of the one the one is written of me in the book of the scroll I was never going to get his desire met by giving more sacrifice left base it was not going to be offering based that I would get his delight it was what he wanted was a body that's what the Lord gave him to his Lord. He gave him his whole self. He said, it was a body that you longed for. You longed for me. He longs for us, a body that he can tabernacle in. Forgive them, forgive them. Forgive it, it's over. Forgive it all. I'm forgiven. Exonerated. Done. 
complete. Oh, my sweetest friend, you are the house around us. Is this good? You are the goodness in the end. Every. Yeah. 
Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may you have peace. Amen. Bless you. the night. 